Hi, I'm Josh. And I'm Matt. And you're listening to The Fortress of Potitude. So, uh, Matt, uh, how have you been doing today? How have you been doing lately? Lately, I've been okay. Uh, work. I've, I've noticed that over the past few podcasts where we do these little intros, um, I'm coming off as a huge loser because all I ever say to, how was your week? Uh, you know, worked a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, we're kind of losers, dude. We're in our <laughs> respective rooms. This is several zip codes away from each other. Uh, talking to each other and putting it up on iTunes and calling it a day. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we seem to be doing some things right though because yeah. we did get picked up by that new Visions Radio. Yeah, we sure did. I'm pretty excited about that. I think it'll be uh, good. I mean, the worst thing that could possibly happen is we get a little bit more exposure. Yeah. And the best thing is we take over the goddamn world. Yeah. So you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I mean. We might be losers, I mean, but, I mean, you're married, so that's good, and uh, I have a full-time job, so that's good. Uh, and you have, you have a cat? Yeah, I have a cat, too, which <laughs> I thankfully locked out of the room, so this will probably be the first episode where people hear a bunch of random meowing in the background. <laughs> so, well, that, I mean, that'll work out pretty well in the long run. Yeah, it's all good. Anywho. <laughs> So, uh, what, what are we talking about today? Uh, I, I, I had a pretty good idea. I was thinking we should talk about, uh, video games in specific video games that don't exist, but what we would make if we were in charge of creating our very own entire project and having it come out exactly the way we want it to be. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good topic. Um, because I know that this is something that we've always talked about before we had a little podcast that 18, oh, yeah. 18 people listened to. And we were yeah. just like, man, they should totally have done this. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's something everyone talked about. I mean, it's just, you know, from the day you're, you know, a, a kid discovering your Nintendo to the day that you're in your college dorm room smoking up and talking about, hey, you know what would be cool, man? <laughs> if we made a video game. That had it was about custard's last stand. I totally <laughs> said custard, <laughs> except he's got a boner and he's raping Indians, man. Custard's last custard's. stand, <laughs> and we know what I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> that would be your ideal video game, right? Yeah, there. <laughs> except there never would be a last stand for me, <laughs> especially if it was frozen, man. Custard all frozen all custard. All. It's the shit, but yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Totes. So I so think, what, uh, like, what what genre of game would you most like to make? Most likely an RPG, totally like, an RPG, like a a JRPG or a an MMORPG or like an American RPG, like Skyrim or something. Well, dude, um, it's really funny you brought that up because I'm thinking it would be actually blur the lines between a JRPG, <laughs> as they call it, um, and an MMO. Except it would not be an MMO. It would be a single-player game, which could be played on a single-player living room. And <laughs> you can do it without anyone having 
You don't have to talk to any morons. You can just play it like we used to in the good old days when we'd pop it in our Super Nintendo or what have you because Sega Genesis didn't really have much worth writing home about. Well, and yeah. you just play it, uh, except up to date with modernized uh, features, technology, and, and of course, graphics. Although right. that's optional because making shit look like it looks like on a Super Nintendo is still cool, and I'm very thankful for that. Right. Yeah. 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 I agree with all that. Um, the the music would have to be neat, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, but I mean, yeah, the whole Super Nintendo retro thing is huge right now. Yeah. Like there's that Retro City Rampage game. There's just all kinds of games coming out where everybody's like, oh, look, it looks old. Graphics yeah. don't matter. <laughs> but yeah, I get what you're saying because I love the style of play in a MMO. Yeah. I like, yeah. I, I like the progression. I like how you do stuff in one area. You go on to another area when you're done there. But I also like, you know, not having to do that and going and you like leveling up crafting here and there or doing side quests and stuff right. like that. But right. I don't like paying a monthly fee and I don't like talking to retards and having to see like all the dumbasses that chat about shit in the chat channel. It's not even just retards and dumbasses. It's it's just a lot. So many of them are just assholes. Yeah, even if they aren't retarded or you know new to the game, they're just they just they don't have a soul. I was in a I was in a uh, like a raid in World of Warcraft like a year ago. It was like one of the randomized looking for raid raids because you can now randomize them now. You can join a queue for a raid. You get in, it's an easy mode version of it. You get out, you get some gear out of it. It's a good experience, except it isn't. <laughs> because you're playing with 24 other people who are just dregs of society. So I, I, I tried a little like experiment once. I went in there, I was tanking this group, which, you know, for people who aren't hip on all that lingo, that just means that you're a guy in armor typically who's just absorbing. You're just the scapegoat for everything in the group. Um, right. At any rate, I decided, okay, these people are being dickheads. They're every single mistake I make. The fact that I don't know everything about the fight, and I supposedly should be, I should have come from the womb with the knowledge <laughs> of how to beat the Chinese doggies in Temple of whatever it is in the whole panda world. Um, but so these guys are just, just being just shitheads, just saying a bunch of crap. And I thought, okay, let's see what happens here. So I decide to play the victim. I talk about how, you know, I'm, you know, really bummed out and I'm thinking of ending my life and I just, <laughs> this is just pushing me over the edge. And maybe I laid it on too thick to, you know, to be fair, but I've never seen so many people encourage me to kill myself at once. I actually, right. I actually felt like killing myself at the end. I was just like, oh my gosh, they really want me to do it. I didn't <laughs> want to do it before. But I was just now, joking, but now yeah. it seems like a good idea. There are no barrels in the chamber or bullets in the chamber in the barrels. I've never shot a gun before. Never mind. This is stupid. Matt, you take it from here. <laughs> well, the thing I've noticed with MMOs is just like, uh, and it's not even just MMOs. It's pretty much like society in general nowadays is nobody's nice anymore. No. Like everybody is just a prick. Everybody's entitled and they think that they deserve everything or not even that they deserve everything. They just don't 
take anybody else's feelings into consideration. And, and it's like, it makes me sound like a little bitch, like, stop hurting my feelings. But it, I mean, it's true, man. It's like, it's not difficult to be polite. Yeah. And you don't even have to mean it. You just have to get people to think that you mean it. Well, and it's like the video game society, uh, online gaming rather, it's just, it's kind of, it's just turned into Lord of the Flies. Like it is right. a bunch of kids who were picked on in school and bullied and they played video games because they weren't good at sports and no one really liked them. At least I know I, that's the way it was for me and I imagine for a lot of other people. And now it's like they're telling each other, you know, who's a bigger noob than the other and they're... You know, everyone's a troll, apparently, and it's <laughs> right. just like, you know, oh, you like Halo? Well, <laughs> you're not a real FPS fan. If you, you know? don't like Call of Duty, you're a fucking faggot. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, it's it's weird. Like, some people like different stuff than other people. Yeah. Like, it's bizarre. But, like, especially <laughs> with MMOs and, like, internet-based gaming, mm-hmm. the, the, the just you being anonymous yeah. Uh, well, this guy's never going to be able to find me, so fuck him. But then you read about stuff like in EVE Online, mm-hmm. which that game, I've played it for a couple of months at a time. And I mean, I really like playing it. It's boring, but it's like something you can really easily get like super engrossed in. Well, I agree with the boring part. Right. <laughs> well, like me and one of my buddies, we played and we like set up this mining colony and all this crap. We had a store and we were just selling shit and it was super awesome. But we didn't get into, like, the PvP stuff in it. But uh, the PvP in that game is so serious. It's permanent. Right, yeah. And, like, they've had it to where people have found out where the leaders of other clans live. And they've, like, traveled to their house and cut their, like, cable lines so that they can't participate in the upcoming battle. That's dedication. Right. And it's just because, like, everything in the game has a monetary value because you can use in-game money to buy a month of playtime. Right. So therefore, I mean, I think it's like 1 billion isk will buy you 30 days of playtime. So therefore, you can use that scale and have everything have monetary value. And the thing is, like, you, if, if, you're, if you're killed in your ship, you lose everything that you had on your ship. Yeah. And that's what people do is they'll transport their little I think it's called a Plex. It's a pilot license pilot license extension. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's called Plex, yeah. Yeah, so they'll transport that to another station, but somebody will kill them on their way and they lost that. There was some guy that lost like the equivalent of like $275,000 because he yeah. was transporting a bunch of Plex. Dude, I mean, like I've I've seen the breakdown in person. I haven't told you this before. You know, when I was in Arizona, I went and visited my, you know, one of my buddies, and uh, he was like, "Hey, why don't you come over and we'll go get some drinks and you know, go talk to chicks?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we're going to the exact same local bar as the same forty year olds there. We're not talking to anybody." But at any rate, sure, I got nothing <laughs> else to do with my life but tell people in WoW that I'm going to kill myself. So, yeah, I'll come over. I'll drive 35 minutes over there. Right. So I go over there, and he's like, well, I forgot to tell you that first we're going to just sit here and watch me play video games for two hours. And he's playing <laughs> EVE Online on his you know 50-inch television. And as much as I'm joking around about the guy, I mean, it was actually a pretty good setup. But uh, 
So he's playing that, and I'm just sitting there laying on his bed, playing on my iPad. Oh, yeah, so, playing on his bed, huh? Yeah, yeah, with with the iPad that I brought with me for a night of drinking. Yeah, let's bring the iPad for that. <laughs> so believe me, I'm not the cool guy here. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> but I'm sitting there, and I'm, you know, doing stuff on my iPad, and without looking up, I'm just like, so, Mark, you uh, you ready to get going, man? You ready to go? And, like, there's, it just gets all quiet. I'm like, hey, dude, what are we doing? I look up and I just see him. I just see this crumbled man <laughs> leaning forward in his easy chair with his head in his hands. And he looked like he just received word that his son died in the war. <laughs> I said, Mark, hey, dude, you all right? And I just hear him mumbling through his big meaty hands as you hear mumbling i just lost everything man i lost it all i'm like you haven't had much to begin with what are you talking about he's like oh this dude just ganked me and i just walked out of the room i'm like dude i can't i'm taking my ipad and going to the bar by myself i'll see you later i'll be outside waiting for you and we went (laughs) and he was bummed out for most of the evening wow and Just I mean, for I, a game. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, to add to what you're saying before, it's not just the anonymity. It's it's also the fact that we're detached from these people. Like, I'm a pretty nice guy in real life. I could not bring myself to insult someone unless I'm, like, just joking with them. Right. You put me online on someone's stupid-ass Facebook post, <laughs> I'm just lambasting the hell out of them. And I just I, – because I, it's words on a screen or right. just – some jerk off's voice in your ear. They can't like, punch right? you in the face if they're not in the same room as you. Yeah. And I mean, like I'm, like I said, I'm the most polite guy ever in, in person, but you know, even I fall prey to just, I can say whatever I want because to me, I'm responding to an idea or an opinion rather than the person. And, you know, in all likelihood I could have gotten along with that person. I'm like, well, all right, you're entitled to your opinion, but you know, so fuck you. Yeah. So, you know, don't give me shit because I'm not as good at a game as you. You know, a few years ago, you were being given shit because you're not as good at kicking a soccer ball as everyone else. Right. Don't pass this along, buddy. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just a never-ending cycle. That Like, people that are good at these video games act like they were never new at the video games. Yeah. You know, like... I've never I, I played WoW for what like maybe three or four years on and off, mm-hmm. and I never raided. Yeah, just because I didn't. I, when I play games like that that are meant to be social, I prefer to play the games with people that I already know. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, me and Abby will play, or you know, we played with you sometimes. And there's that one time that me, you, and Matthew and Josh all made uh, the the Dran eyes, and we ran through the starting area. Oh, I you know? forgot about that. <laughs> right, and that was awesome. We all had like yeah. ridiculously retarded names, but it's like I don't mind playing in a big group as long as I know who they are. But exactly. if I don't know you in real life, man, it's just like I don't really care what you have to say. So like 90% of my career in WoW was spent soloing. I just I would just go through. I, I mean, I reached at the time what was max level because I haven't played any of the new Panda stuff. Uh, but I got my main character up to level 90 and did everything that I figured I could do. So I went ahead and like 
canceled my subscription or whatever, and I haven't really had the want. They've they've just dumbed the game down a little bit too much for me. Yeah, but uh, I mean, whatever you got to do. I mean, you're not after you have 12 million people play the game. It's not like you can really find anybody new to play. Yeah. So you have to cater it all to the people that already have max level characters. Um, right. But I just, yeah, even on Xbox Live, like when I'm playing Battlefield or something, if I'm at a party with somebody, I got party chat turned on and I'll talk to them. But if I'm playing online and I'm not playing with people I know, I don't even put a headset on. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't care. <laughs> I, I actually uh, hopped on WoW last night with uh, another friend of mine. Um, he just, he hadn't played since like, when it first came out. So he was like super new to it and also drunk. And, um, (laughs) one of the first things he said to me was, okay, how do I turn all this shit in my chat box off? And I had a guy, I got him through the settings. He's like, which of these things do I turn off to not have all this stuff filling my screen? Just show me what to turn on. That's just you and anyone we're grouped with. And I don't want to see anything else. Right. Yeah. You're, yeah, on the run, you're on the right track, man. Yeah. So that's why I miss a game like I know they're coming out with a new one, but they need to do like Fantasy Star Online too. They you did. Know, they or, did that. Right. Well, I think they're well. They're making a new one because it's only in Japan right now. Yeah. But it's getting uh, ready to come out in the United States sometime, I guess. But it's like they need to make stuff that's more geared towards small groups of people. You know, like yeah. I love multiplayer games. I love playing with my friends, but I just want to play with a handful of them. I don't want to play with 5 billion other people that can just like ruin the day. Yeah, exactly. And that's one thing that was really cool about like Grand Theft Auto 5. You play online and you can join like a little lobby and it's the entire city unlocked and you just get to play. Yeah. You can do whatever the hell you want. You can just run around, kill people, get in police chases, but then there's also like little online missions that you can do and shit like that. And I mean, that was really cool, but you know, that's only if you like that style of game. Mm-hmm. I just think that, I mean, I remember when you were playing dot hack on a uh, PS two back in the day. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of like an MMO that was single player, but it was like almost a little too meta. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I know I'm an MMO. So therefore I am an MMO and you're playing yeah. me. That was bizarre. I'm playing a faceless person who's playing a character in an MMO. Right. Yeah, and like it felt nothing like an MMO. Yeah. I mean, if you play like Skyrim, Skyrim's close because the world is massive. There's different yeah. cities you can get quests in. It has a big crafting system, but it also has like a really unique mechanic system. Like Elder Scrolls games, you can just tell when it's an Elder Scrolls game. Yeah. Um, the combat is generally weak, but you know, like Skyrim was a lot better and I did play Elder Scrolls online for a month and I canceled my subscription after that one month, but I didn't cancel because it sucked. I just don't have the time to like to play it. Right. Cause you know, bills and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's, here's my game. It's a single player game. Um, maybe that later on there could be some multiplayer elements, but it's not going to be massively. It's going to play like an MMO, but it's going to be single player. It's going to have episodic content. So the developers at some point will release the next chapter or, you know, the next, the, the sequel, which could be like an expansion. Yeah. So it's stuff that there's going to be a community for it. It's just the community is going to see each other after they're done playing the game, when they're taking a break. They're not going to be, you know, 
pushed together like in an actual MMO and forced to play together and, you know, nip at each other's heels. Right. Um, so there's going to be that. It's There's going to be a world that is not going to have a world map. It's going to have maybe not seamless, but at least each area leads to another area. There's no old school style, you know, where you leave and you're on a, a map where your guy is as big as that castle. <laughs> right, <know>? right. <laughs> it's going to be like, like, like how Secret of Mana was, you know. You follow a sign leading to such and such place and you go to the next screen and you're walking towards that, that place, you know? Yeah. Um, everything is linked together for the most part. So you're going to have that. You're going to have exploration. You're going to have dungeons and like structured content like an MMO that you can complete and you can go back and complete again if you want to do a little loot run, if you will. That's kind of how there's going to be grinding in the game. Whereas in old school games, you, you run around in circles until random things appear and you get experience. This, it's you're engaging in content that you might repeat from time to time just to get your, your characters to level up. Right, kind of like in Final Fantasy games where you you encounter a boss and you're just like, well, shit, I'm not ready for this fight yet. So then you go run around in circles yeah. and grind a little bit. Yeah, and right. except in this case, you can beat a boss in a dungeon. You can go back in, play through it again like you do in an MMO. It's just you're not looking for a group that isn't, you know, 90% retards in the pool there. <laughs> so right. you're going to find that. Another thing, there will be crafting in it. You're not going to be doing it because your heroes are not, you know, sewing in their free time. They don't have time for that. So what you do is you find NPCs that have their own, like, shop of items that you can purchase. Except instead of purchasing them, you're exchanging different materials that you found through randomly fighting there's someone else crafting stuff for you you can so, find hit sorry yeah. uh, so it's kind of like you're using like say cloth as its yeah. own type of like currency yeah like cloth or like bat fangs or you know bear dicks or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're collecting that stuff and you're giving it to people you're completing a recipe you're paying a little bit of gold for the service fee and you're getting your item. And, you know, you can find hidden NPCs that do these this crafting for you. So you can find really good stuff if you look around and are willing to, you know, fight enough random fights to get these things. Right. You know, your characters have their own sets of classes that you can switch between. Um, so when a new character is announced, they can go, oh, hey, this is the first time we have someone who's, you know, a samurai and a friggin spellcaster jizz mopper you know or let's go let's go with spellcaster let's go oh, with I was that gonna say, let's go with jizz master mopper yeah. or jizz master yeah. there we go yeah but we'll just do both yeah well that'll be like a graduate class they'll like level up into that <laughs> you've unlocked the jizz master class um but yeah, you can do that. So it kind of like gets people excited for the next step of the game where it's like, well, there's this new character or so-and-so is introduced mm -hmm. back into the game and we've been waiting for that character to come back. Or, you know, they added a new system where, you know, there's like a new class slot or whatever. And, you know, that's how you can kind of find, you know, like you can find new gear that has like new abilities on it or whatever. It's just a game that is expandable has a plot, has characters that you get attached to or detest, and you know it just kind of keeps this whole this whole game going. 
And yeah, I mean, that sounds, that's kind of my idea there. <laughs> like what it what it kind of reminds me of in a way is uh, Guild Wars Two. Um, I mean, it's an MMO, like, but I've never once partied with anybody in that game. Like, I want, and and it's kind of limited in a way because I mean, it's free to play. You just have to buy the actual disc or whatever. But like, you you have your hubs that you're in, and you run around and you do stuff. And there's these like, you know where your quests are because they show up as hearts on your mini map and you just have to go and do that stuff. But the cool thing is, even if you're not partied with people, if they're in the same area and they're doing that quest as well, it counts towards your completion. Uh, and then after you finish that one, like when the heart fills up or whatever, you actually get access to that person that gave you the quest. and They turn into a store. So then you can like buy stuff from them. That's, kind of along the lines of what I'm thinking of. That's, yeah. that's impressive. So, I mean, that's neat. That, but. And like at lower levels, it's okay. But I mean, it's just like, wow, this, you know, headpiece has one more armor than mine. Right. But as you go through the game, it's better. But the big thing about Guild Wars 2 is this thing called a personal story. And yeah. when you create your character, it has like all these different things. Like you get, there's like five different options that you have to choose from like, or there's five different questions and each question has three different answers. So you like customize this character. And then as you play through the game, it like, you know, it'll take like if me and you make the exact same character, but answer those questions differently, then we'll go on a different like journey through the game. You're walking home with a sweet girl from the bakery <laughs> and a boy and so on. Well, but most yeah. of it's stuff just like, um, you know, what kind of family did you come from? Rich, average, or poor? And then, like, if you're making an elementalist, it'll ask you, like, what school of magic you studied under. So, I mean, obviously that's going to have an instant impact because, <laughs> you know, if you pick ice, then you're going to have ice spells but just stuff like that that has different like who was your uh who did you study under and it gives you like three options and it gives you like a rundown of what those people were like so i imagine that that's probably going to be like the uh end boss for you or whatever i studied the school of decromancy dance romancer dance romancer <laughs> um that, that's totally what i would be on the track of making if if i had this dream come true you would go on quest for different people or different villages and you would earn reputation and as you're doing that you unlock more and more you know side content maybe we could release new like content packs that kind of maybe don't expand the game you know in one direction but expand it like sideways it adds more content to the game so when you're going through that level range you have more that you can do yeah yeah, I think that, I mean, that sounds really cool. I like that idea a lot. Um, I, I just like, yeah, I mean, you already have me sold by saying it's an MMO that's not MMO. Yeah. You know, like that right there, I'll play that game and I'll buy it. And I'll play it and it'll be great. Because, dude, the biggest problem with MMOs are the fact that they're MMOs. Right. Um, the developers, regardless of how benevolent they want to be, they have to make that game in such a way that it makes you play it and play it and play it. There has to be a reason for you to stay subscribed. Now, the good answer to that would be, well, make the game fun so that people want to keep playing it for the sake of it being fun, and you won't have that problem. Well, the thing is, is you only have so much resources, so many resources, 
and so many developers available for you that you can't make like 70 different dungeons every month. Right. Or, you know, whatever and release that. It's like, you have to make that content repeatable and you have to make there be a reason to repeat that content. So people feel like it's a grind. Oh, they're just doing this just because they want us to pay 15 bucks a month. Yeah. (laughs) They need you to pay that to keep all these games running. Right. Exactly. And they need to make a profit. And it's like a, it's a vicious cycle. Another problem with it is just the industry is to, uh, I mean, it, it just like MMOs became the cool new thing and it's all because of world of Warcraft. I mean, cause I played, uh, like Ultima online, you know, yeah. and I tried out like EverQuest or whatever when it was in its younger years. And I, I mean, I, I just like UO really like hooked me to it. And I was just like, man, this is awesome. You mean all these people walking around, those are like real people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, but back then it was like just so, so different because you could put a house anywhere. It was only $10 a month for a subscription. Like it was a lot simpler, I think. Plus the game was so massive because, and but dangerous. Was, yeah. Well that, I mean like there was no competition to it. People could steal your stuff. It was amazing. You never had that before. Right. But that was then, back when that didn't piss us off at first. <laughs> right. But but that, then WoW came out and just like blew everybody away. And everybody wants a slice of that money now. Yeah. So you have well, like, there's like three new MMOs coming out every month. And yeah. you already, you can tell by just by the name of it. Oh, that's going to be free to play in six months. I'll just wait yeah. until then. Yeah. I mean, even right now, WoW's free to play until, what, up to level 20? Yeah. I guarantee you, like, once another expansion comes out, they're going to up that to, like, 40. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're already coming up with creative or expensive ways of you just bypassing 90 levels of content. Yeah, I saw that. You, like, pay 60 bucks to instantly go to level 95 or something. Well, and you get a free boost when you purchase uh, Warlords of Draenor. Yeah. Um, you get a free level 90. And they explained why they did that, and it makes perfect sense. But it still concerns me because I'm like thinking, we're finally at the point where you guys have considered that and decided to do it. There was a point in time where Blizzard was like, nah, man, nah, that, you ain't doing that shit. We're not shit. doing microtransactions. That's gay. Shit's gay. It's gay. That's it's gay. gay. And they still do it better than other games do because at least they're like, well, 20 bucks for a mount you can't get anywhere else. And usually, yeah, usually they give some of that money to a charity of some sort. Yeah, which is, which is great because I always say, Oh, I I should donate more charity. And then I don't. (laughs) Now it's like, well, here's something I want. And that encourages me. And people will talk about it. Like it's like, that's a horrible thing. Oh yeah. All it does is get these cheapskates to donate. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's what we want in the long run, dumbasses. It's, it's getting us greedy asses <laughs> to donate and giving us something for it. That's great. Something like that, that really in the long run has no actual physical value. Yeah, and it's not something that helps us succeed. It's just a thing that does the same stuff that all the other free things do. It gets us from point A to point B in the game faster. Right. See, so you're not better than someone for having that. You just look like you are. <laughs> America, America. So, uh, what about you? Do you have any ideas, Matt? What, any, well, what would it be a game you would want to see? I mean, I like 
playing first person shooters a lot. Mm. And I like the idea of mixing them with somewhat massive multiplayer stuff. Like, uh, I mean, I play Call of Duty and I'm decent at it, but the mm. community is awful. Um, I don't like Halo too much, but if enough of my friends have it, I'll go ahead and bite the bullet and get it so that I can play with them. Uh, yeah. Battlefield, I love. Now, the thing I love the most about Battlefield 4 is it has 64 player team matches. Mm-hmm. So I can play on a team of 32 against another team of 32. So it's like nonstop action. Yeah. And one thing that I always thought would be cool um, is if like, you know, how Halo had like the uh, huge matches that had like a bunch of people. And then uh, Call of Duty has ground war that has a little bit more people. I think it's like 16. But mm-hmm. uh I really like the idea of doing if they could get like a 128 person, like 64 on 64, but have it never really end. It would just be like an all out war mode so that if I'm bored for a little while, I can just hop on a server, play for like 10 minutes and just mindless, you know, just run around, kill people, run around and get killed, whatever, and then log out. I always thought that would be a really neat idea because, like, right now, I mean, Battlefield 4, if you get into one of those matches that's 64 players and you get in at the very beginning, I mean, you're going to be playing that one match for 45 minutes. Yeah. Because, the, I mean, the maps are massive. There's just a ton of people. They have all the vehicles. And, I mean, it's it's fun for the whole time, but it's like sometimes I only have 15 minutes to play a game, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like, well, I could sit here and pick my nose until I have to go to work, or I could actually get some sort of enjoyment out of the thing that I spent $60 on. Yeah. And that's why, that's the main reason that I still buy Call of Duty games is because, you know, you hop on, you hit play, you're in a game. Usually the matches last like 10, 15 minutes on there. Yeah. But I don't know, like, I just don't like first-person shooters because of the whole uh, microtransaction sort of stuff. I mean, well, more like content packs. I don't like spending $60 on a game and then getting asked to spend 50 more dollars for the season pass so that I can get three new maps and one old map. Yeah. You know, I want them to do Call of Duty online. And what you do is you pay like 10 bucks a month extra for a subscription to it. It ships with 40 maps on the disc. You install it all to your hard drive. And then once a month, you get a couple new maps, maybe some new game modes or maybe some new weapons are put in. Just have have it have a subscription model and just have it be about the multiplayer gameplay. Yeah. Um, Really, they, they need more games, more game companies need to embrace this allegedly outdated concept of just adding new stuff to the game and not asking for more money. I mean, yeah, if you want to add content packs that cost money, mm-hmm. sure, go ahead and add those. That's fine because I'm probably going to buy those, but I don't want to feel like a schmuck when I'm doing it. I want you to <laughs> continue to expand the game, continue to add free content updates that add new stuff I can play or do. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That's... I consider that a gesture of goodwill. So when you release something that's going to cost money, I'm going to assume, and hopefully I'm correct in that assumption, that that content is going to be awesome because right. you've put so much work into it that you need to charge me money. I'm going to feel more than willing to buy that. That's why I will buy expansion packs for games that I like because, like, 
WoW specifically because they release new content. I know it's on FPS, but still, right. they release new content that you get for at no extra cost. So when an expansion comes out, what they're telling me is we did a bunch of tons of really cool stuff to add to the game, and we need you to you know pay to get in. Okay, fine. Right, and I mean pretty much every time you get a WoW expansion, you know that it's gonna you're gonna get your money's worth out of it. More or less, I mean, because yeah. it's polished from beginning to end. But like the Call of Duty games, you know, you pay fifteen dollars, and you seriously you get three new maps that usually suck, and then they'll take one map from a previous Call of Duty game and they'll just reskin it. Oh, of course they will. You know, and it's like that—that's cool because I know that map. I'm not—I know that I'm not going to die a bunch on it because I already know the map. Uh, but it's like. Why did I pay money for that? Why not charge me like $12 and release that old map for free to everybody? Yeah. And see, I, I, that's even older games. Like if you look at the original Call of Duty or the original Battlefield or stuff like that, they had expansion packs on PC. Mm-hmm. Like you would buy the game and then after like six, six or eight months, they would put out an expansion for it. Yeah. But in between, they would put out free updates. Like, it's pretty much consoles getting connected to high-speed internet have impacted two things. One of them is microtransactions, and number two is shipping a shitty game. Because they know that they can just put out a day one patch for it later. Yeah. You know, I remember... I mean, it sucks when, like, a game that you're looking forward to gets canceled. Or not canceled, but delayed. Mm-hmm. That sucks. But at the same time, when the game gets delayed, nine times out of ten, it's to make the game better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. now they just don't delay the game and they go ahead and ship it. But then they bust their asses working to make a day one patch so that the first day the game comes out, you go to the midnight release, you get your hands on the game, you leave the store, you drive back home, you put the game in, and then you go to bed and you can play in the morning. Yeah. Because you're um, spending all day updating it. Yeah. <laughs> StarCraft II was a great example of this. Um, you can tell I'm a big Blizzard junkie here, but um, StarCraft II was such a long-awaited game. People were wondering for, like, over a decade, when is there going to be a new StarCraft? And it didn't help that the first game left off, like, on more or less a cliffhanger in the campaign. So we knew, okay, sooner or later there's going to be a new one. They even had a secret mission that hinted at the next game. Um, so they released StarCraft II, and it's the gameplay is virtually identical to the first game. Mm-hmm. Blizzard made it clear, hey, we know you like this game for what it is. We're not going to try to reinvent the wheel like we did with Warcraft III. We're, we're going to give you the same game. A few updated units, you know, more or less the same gameplay same tech trees and everything. But what they gave us instead was glorious. Same gameplay, same style of gameplay, but they added this really in-depth campaign that felt like a game of its own. You know, the the cutscenes on it, all rendered in-game. You know, the way you can customize, you know, your trip through the game by taking certain technologies, you know, purchasing different upgrades between missions. You felt like you were working towards something and you really were interested in the plot. The expansion, the first expansion, there's another one coming up. But the first expansion did that. It added you know, a campaign for one of the 
three races, added new features to the game. Furthermore, StarCraft II itself has a whole arcade, which is now free for even people who didn't buy the game. And you can go on there and you can play maps that people uploaded that aren't just maps. They're like reinventions of the game. The, the whole world editor, I haven't even touched because it's so advanced. Like people have made an MMO RPG in the StarCraft II editor and it's its own standalone game basically. Wow. See, that kind of stuff's cool. I think more game companies mm-hmm. need to release mod tools for their games. And then to make it better, Blizzard participates in this. They made they added a or they originally added a game that was basically bejeweled in StarCraft. <laughs> like you are connecting jewels and it's generating units on the left side of the screen and you're basically like doing like a tower defense thing against another human opponent, but you guys are just playing Bejeweled. That's pretty cool. And they did that to show you, this is the kind of stuff you can make with this. You're not just making new maps, you are making new games with this. (laughs) And they made that whole aspect of the game free. See, that's that's awesome. Well, I mean, like, Blizzard has the luxury of, uh, you know, they don't have Mm -hmm. to charge for what a lot of other companies do, because they pull in, like, $15 billion a year. But I mean, I think like even if you're a company that's not really making that much money, like even if you're just a little indie studio or something, giving free content helps build a good customer base. Yeah. They're going to recommend that to people. It's like, oh man, you should check out this game. You can, you you can try this part out for free, Mm -hmm. you know, and then if you like it, give them the 10 bucks for the game. Yeah. I just don't like indie game studios because most of them are pushing out the same generic crap and everybody is just jerking off all over it thinking of how awesome it is when nine times out of ten it blows. Well, indie game studios are getting dangerously close to the point where that genre is starting to get lazy, where people were almost to the point where we're starting to realize that you can put out a game that is just a block jumping on a line and people will eat it up because it looks indie and it's got a that's, chiptune soundtrack. That's an in- hey, we have a chiptune soundtrack. Yeah, but that stuff's awesome. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't get me wrong. I eat that stuff up. I'm not like saying I'm better than people. I'm lamenting it, but it's getting to the point where that's going to happen. And I'm worried because it's going to stagnate that genre and we're mm-hmm. going to get sick of it. And I, re- I love it enough that I don't want to see that happen. Yeah, I think what will happen is just give it like another six months to a year because think about what was popular in gaming like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago was 16-bit side-scrollers. Yeah. You know, and like the beginning of the 32 and 64-bit stuff. But that's – and all the people that are these little indie people that are making games now, those are the kids that were playing those games. So, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like how – uh if you grow up listening to grunge, by the time you're old enough to start a band, it's going to be grunge-influenced because that's what you knew, that's what you recognize, and that's what you like. So mm-hmm. just give it a little while, and eventually we'll have really shitty 3D platformers that are just like Ape Escape. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's a great point. I hope we don't reach a point where early generation PS1 games become cool. Right. Oh, it'll be so bad. I make a game that's themed after Crash Bandicoot. We called it Brash Candicoot. (laughs) We called it Dash Slandaboot. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that would suck. But at the same time, I mean, if we can get an indie game that's in the same vein as like the original Metal Gear Solid, like that game yeah. was a solid game. Or if you could bring back like car combat games, you know, like Twisted Metal and Vigilante 8 and stuff like that. I mean, it was good, mindless fun. But then you also have like, you know, your Final Fantasy 7s and 8s. You have your, uh, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Suikoden, Suikoden, you know. What are you? What are you making? <laughs> what are you uh, naming off stuff you put in meth? Yeah, <laughs> Jesse, Jesse. But that's the cock. <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, those like I love the era. That's my favorite, like JRPG time in history was the early mid PlayStation time. Mm-hmm. Like I love sprites. I wish more game companies would do stuff with sprites, especially now that video games are stored on Blu-ray discs. I mean, just imagine the quality of sprite animation you can have now, or, yeah. you know, you can uh, build a 3d universe, put sprites in there that look really good. And I mean, you'd be able to have so much stuff going on on screen at one time without having to worry about bogging down the memory because too many polygons are being rendered. Like um, Star Ocean Second Story or whatever. You know, that was a sprite-based RPG. And that game was really cool. I didn't like the whole, it has 86 different endings. Well, it has three different endings and just varieties of them based on who you picked up (laughs) in your party. But, like, those sort of of things were cool. And, like, the, the, the mechanics were easy to understand. They were a little bit advanced, but they were easy to like master. I mean, I had Final Fantasy uh, 13 for Xbox 360 for a couple of weeks, and I couldn't get it. I just I, I would try, and at first I would understand, but then all of a sudden, it, like the the curve got really steep, and I just could not progress past it because they had expected you to like change everything and change your fighting style and like in the middle of battle and stuff. And I'm just like. They need to make this way more simple. Dude, Final Fantasy thirteen was way too simple. It was like they distilled the, the gameplay formula until there really was nothing left. Like every map was literally running from point A to point B. There was a chest here or there. Right. Like that um, stuff I didn't like. But I'm, I'm talking more about just like the combat. Oh, yeah. Make, making you switch between different AIs. I mean, it's yeah. just... If you didn't switch fast enough, I mean, like I remember there was a boss that, like, I forget it was, it was some old fuck, some some priest who just transformed into like a typical Final Fantasy bad guy. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was just like for months I couldn't beat this thing, and then when I finally did, I felt I don't know what the opposite of satisfied. I felt dissatisfied. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like the opposite. Yeah. yeah. I, I just felt like I just hated myself because I realized I beat this guy because I just kept switching AIs fast enough. Right. It wasn't because you like figured out a pattern or because you went back and learned a new spell or something. You yeah. Know? I just switched between like everything. Every character had like a bunch of different AIs and you had pre-programmed AIs for that AI. So it was like, you, or pre, let, me, let me start. You had like different group setups. So you could have a setup that was, you know, a tank, a healer, and a, and a fighter, or like a fighter and two spellcasters. Right. And 
you just play the game by just switching from, you know, one combination to another. And it just, I just got tired of it. I didn't even finish it. And then, and then you didn't even have to do any of the fighting because everybody had an auto. Yeah. Like you just was just on auto combat. Auto, 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 auto. And you didn't even control the other people in your party. You only got to right. control one. And it's like, you know, because I mean, if you look at Final Fantasy VII, yeah. It's a slight upgrade from the Super Nintendo Final Fantasy games. Yeah. You know, it the, felt like exactly. Right. And then like Final Fantasy VIII, that introduced like the draw system and then the card game. You know, yeah. and that 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 right there, that's pretty much as complicated as I want it to be. Yeah, um, it got a little cheesy, but I liked it. I enjoyed that they tried to do something new. Right. And then at 9, they did a throwback and then 10 was kind of the point where it was at the, like the peak where it was like, you guys are doing new things. I'm liking it, but stop. Right. Don't go any further. <laughs> yeah. And then I didn't play 12, but I, I played 12. I didn't beat it, but I liked it for what it was. That was as close as we got to my idea of a single player MMO. That's what it, exactly what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And I liked it for that. It had side quests in it that were specified as side quests and it had an auto combat system that actually involved you because sure you had two or three characters doing their own thing but when you were outside of combat you were literally programming them you set like a script of like different actions and reactions and parameters that you had to unlock by opening chests and stuff in the game that's pretty so you would find you would open a treasure chest, and rather than getting an item, which you still could get an item, you would unlock something like uh, HP less than eighty percent, and that was a rule. So you could plunk that into your character and have it so when his HP is less than eighty percent, he's going to start doing this. Oh, unlock, okay, yeah. So you were like I said, you were programming your characters. So even though in combat. You were mostly just watching them do their thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you you could intervene and like send them emergency commands. They were doing something that you taught them to do. Right. If, so like if they get under 25% health, you can tell them to go ahead and heal themselves because stop being retarded. Right. You could like design a character who was a healer. And like you had like a whole like checkerboard of commands that you could unlock. They call them licenses. And you could teach a character to equip specific sets of armor so they would, you know, be more like a certain, you know, type of character. Right. And you could make someone, for example, a healer by saying, hey, if someone's health is less than 30%, start casting healing spells on them. So you could have someone who's sitting there shooting arrows and doing their thing, but as soon as their buddy starts to get hurt, they stop what they're doing and start healing them. Huh. I felt I felt very accomplished anytime I finished, you know, a, a fight or a dungeon because like these were guys who did what I taught them to do. I was the the strategist of the group. And yeah. it felt good. I really like that idea. Like that's really cool. I uh yeah, I never got to play that one. I never even saw that one like in stores. Like it didn't it didn't keep me interested enough just cuz the environment and the character styles and the plot just didn't interest me and it was very political i did like that but i just i didn't stay i I wasn't that held in by it but i really loved the ideas that they introduced and i really would have loved to see them expand further with that yeah uh, that's another thing that i've always had issue with is the uh like the stories um 
not to sound like a dumb old fanboy, but like seven story was awesome. Yeah. It was really cool. It was like something that had never been done before. And then it like, it kept you like interested the whole time. Mm -hmm. You know, you had like really iconic characters, like even the first time playing it, you knew like Sephiroth, you're going to know who he is in 20 years. That guy's a badass, you know, that you're going to remember you know, Barrett being the big Mr. T kind of guy. You're going to know all of those. And then like the yeah. twists and turns that came along with it were really cool. It set a precedent. So right. after that game, it, it got us going, okay, new Final Fantasy come out. We have standards now. Yeah, There's going to be a plot twist. There's yeah. going to be a certain villain. There's going to be things that we're going to look out for. And it kind of seems like even Square couldn't like live up to those new standards. Yeah, because so they like, kept trying to reinvent the wheel. Right, like eight that. was good. I'm, I liked eight quite a bit. I loved it, um, but it wasn't as good as seven. No, uh, it, it nine. Was, there was a lot missing. Yeah, nine was like at that point it was like you. Nine was almost depressing because you could tell that they lost their touch because they said this is going to be a throwback. It's going to be an old school game, and it didn't feel like that at all. I mean, they had you know everyone had giant heads because. Well, all the old games, they were deformed. They had giant no, <laughs> they had giant heads in the old games because they had like 32 by 32 pixel sprites. <laughs> right. And you had only so many memory registers or what have you for that, that they didn't have enough room to make them like that. They didn't have, give them big heads because they liked big heads. I mean, if you looked at the illustrations – for all these characters, they all looked like walking corpses right. because that was the, the <laughs> art style that uh, Amano or whatever the hell his name was put forth. And it looked nothing like the original characters because there was some translation into that video game system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, and it was like, oh, well, this guy's a black mage and this guy's a knight. And it was just like, it just felt uninspired and dull. Yeah, and especially you, Vivi. I mean, like, they had yeah. so much potential with him as a character. Like, having the stuff with the, what were they, the black waltzes or whatever. Yeah. And like, that yeah. kind of stuff had so much potential to be cool. And then you just ruined it with everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like the Steiner or whatever. He was retarded and generic. The main character, retarded and generic. Uh, you know, the princess girl, retarded and generic. Yeah. And the it's, villain, generic. <laughs> right. You know, it was just all generic. And then like 10, 10 was kind of a step back or uh, forward again. You know, like they did some cool stuff in there. I really liked the level up system and how you did the skills with the big map. Uh, yes, I loved the the strategy behind the combat. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't love how every single area, the entire game, just felt like a tutorial. Like right. you start the game out, and you're like, okay, this is the magic enemy. You can only use <laughs> spells to beat him. This is the hard enemy that you can only use heavy weapons, and this is the fast one that only the the Ellen DeGeneres guy with the sword can hit. Um, <laughs> and this guy flying so you can only hit him with balls so that was cool except every single area went to okay here's the magic guy here's the hard right as rocks guy and it's just it was the same thing here's the guy to hit with your balls yeah yeah and, and, i mean like but like some of the characters are kind of cool though like i liked oron yeah he was he was a neat character and like the whole mystery with him was neat that big cat dude he was kind of cool 
Um, but the thing that went wrong with part 10 was the little cut scenes. Uh, you know, Final Fantasy games, everybody looks forward to the cut scenes. Now, in mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII, you got cut scenes when A, something badass happened, or B, something really huge in the story happens. Mm-hmm. So you know, like, you're in for something cool when that screen goes black for a second. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VIII, same thing, more or less. They obviously added some more to it because they figured out how to get better graphics out of them. Final Fantasy IX, way more of them. But they were still like of key times, like key mm-hmm. events happening. Final Fantasy X, though, no, they just had, they just threw them in there for anything. Like, I'm a girl walking down a flight of stairs. Oh, we'll show that in a in a cut scene with the full motion video stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, why did I have to sit and wait 25 seconds for a loading screen for that to play when that can easily be done in in-game graphics? Plus, the ending just was abrupt. It was like. The whole game is talking about, okay, well, we're leading this summoner to do her thing and finish up. And yeah, we got a few plot twists and turns there. But then you get to the end of her journey, and that's actually the end. You go and you, <laughs> you fight the bad guy, and then you you fight, and then you just, he just randomly dies. And then you fight the real bad guy, who's your dad. And you're <laughs> like, I feel like I'm not ready to finish with this. And then you beat that guy, and you fight the dumbest final boss ever. That's just like a little bug that floats in the air that you it is literally impossible to lose against like the like thing on, yeah like the, except dumber because that was actually like scripted this is just like a fight with like a little tiny thing that sat in the air and it casted like gravity things on you that only did a percentage of your health so it was impossible to kill you and then even if you decided f you i'm gonna die on my own terms and kill your own guys it had that auto life effect on you so like you it was literally impossible to die it was just pure easy mode yeah but then you got the sequel where they were where where she was a rock star yeah i I didn't even finish that i felt embarrassed bringing that game home let alone playing it It was like (laughs) charlie's angels it was dumb they did the same thing with uh 13 they put yeah. out a sequel, but I don't think they were rock stars in it because, you know, that's just retarded. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, I gave up on Final Fantasy. I'm done. Yeah. More Final Fantasy games for me. Final Fantasy 15 looks like it has potential to be cool, but yeah. I, well, I haven't been impressed with the last three. So, yeah. Well, you know, every Final Fantasy game that comes out, we all say that. Uh, looks like it has the potential to be cool, but dot, dot, dot. <laughs> right. Then you're just quote and cloud dot yeah. dot dot yeah and exactly. then barrett's like what are you doing motherfucker shut up fool shit i remember playing that game just being like holy cow he said shit is that allowed he said the s word on my television screen <laughs> he didn't even say it though i had to read it yeah and nowadays i mean play battlefield Four, the single player campaign it's like you running through there with a couple other dudes and they're just like Holy fuck! Shoot these motherfuckers! Yeah. And I'm just like, huh. I was actually at one point surprised that it said damn. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we're coming up on our hour, so yeah. I figure we'll bring this to a close. We kind of talked about the original topic, but, you know, it turned into just us complaining about video games, which that's not a bad thing. That's fine. Each episode gets us closer to closer to closer and closer to staying on topic. So we'll get there sooner or later. Right. 
or we or we won't and it's no big deal so far people seem to enjoy us so yeah yay awesome sweet so in closing um tomorrow i'm going to see godzilla it's going to be good good you should see spider-man too so we can talk about that on our show i should i'll probably take a pirate ship over and pick it up sometime yeah, or when you get out of Godzilla, just sneak into the theater and watch Amazing Spider-Man too. Dude, that's illegal. Music is from the freemusicarchive.org. Hosting is by Libsyn. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. We're also on Stitcher Radio. And on Sunday evenings, you can listen to us on New Visions Radio at newvisionsradio.com. And be sure to leave a voicemail, 530-487-4367. Thanks for listening. I can't believe I ate the whole pack. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I mean, they're probably boiling up right now. I'll be right back.